Hey everybody, it's uh, Brian Slagle from Metal Blade, and we're hanging out with uh, Alex from Whitechapel this week. What's up, Alex? Uh, not too much. We're uh, just at home right now, taking a little bit of time off before Warp Tour, getting everything ready, and uh, getting ready to head out on Friday. So, uh, you guys just got back from Download over in England. How was that? Uh, it was amazing. You know, it was our first time playing Download. Um, I don't really know exactly how many people we played to, but if I had to estimate, it'd probably be around 4,000 or so. So, uh, it was really great. We played Stage 3 at the Pepsi Max tent, and uh, it was awesome. The uh, crowd was amazing, and uh, we couldn't have asked for a better first experience at Download. Awesome. Now, nobody threw any beer or any cups or anything at you? Surprisingly not. There was uh, there was like one water bottle I saw okay. that it's uh, usually went a sign. Over. It's usually a sign that they like you, so it's not a horrible thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. If, uh, if they're throwing water bottles, it's good. If they're throwing beer, it's bad. I guess. Yeah. Well, exactly. Well, there it means it's not very good beer. Apparently, if they're throwing it. Um, yeah. That's. <laughs> so you guys are uh, on a warp tour all summer long. Uh, are you excited about that? I hope. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's going to be the biggest tour we've ever done. And with the release of the new CD and, uh, you know, going on Warp Tour, it's going to be a great, you know, exposure for us and the new CD and everything like that. So so you guys, you know, obviously there's been a lot of heavy bands the last few years on Warp Tour, which is cool. Uh, so what are your thoughts going in, into the whole tour with like all the different bands playing in different styles? Like, how do you feel you guys will fit in all that good stuff? <laughs> I think it's going to be awesome. You know, I think uh, we definitely have our own sound compared to the other band, like the other heavy bands that are on it, like Suicide Science and Amur and Dillinger Escape Plan and Every Time I Die and stuff like that. Um, you know, Parkway Drive too. Uh, you know, I think each one of those bands, you know, definitely is heavy in their own aspect, but they all sound different. So I think we're all bringing something to the table. And, uh, you know, I think we're definitely going to shock a lot of people that are uh, at the show going there expecting to see, like, punk or emo or something like that. And they're going to, you know, see this, like, really super scary heavy metal band. So I uh, can't wait. It's going to be awesome. I'm sure that there's a lot of kids that are going to come out just to see that stuff, too. Uh, we, we've seen that in the, in the past on Warp, which is cool. Is You know, obviously there's a million different cool bands on, on the tour itself. Is there any bands that you're looking forward to seeing? Uh, definitely Andrew WK because I've never seen him live before and uh, I can only assume that it's going to be a blast so I plan on watching him quite a few times hopefully you will party hard with him right <laughs> definitely <laughs> <laughs> Andrew's a good Andrew's a good guy he uh, he hosted that uh, the Golden Gods a while ago so he, he's a good dude that, that should be fun you guys should have a lot of fun with him and you know I don't know if you know not to get off a tangent on Andrew WK but originally the guys in his band were all like members of obituary and six feet under crew members and like a lot of death metal bands were in his band when he first started yeah I'd actually heard about that and uh, you know he actually introduced us at the uh, Golden Gods so hopefully he'll remember us and actually want to like hang out and stuff plus his guitar player is actually Trivium's guitar tech so oh, cool. maybe, I didn't we, know that. maybe we have a little bit of uh, way on the inside there or something awesome awesome so is there anything um, obviously you guys did Mayhem last summer so you know Warped Tours is somewhat of a similar tour but do you guys have anything special you're planning for the tour or is it just kind of Whitechapel business as usual just go out and destroy uh just business as usual man we're gonna go out there we're gonna deliver the you know most brutal 30 minutes of music that we can possibly deliver and uh hopefully we'll win some people over that's uh you know that's the name of the game so 
Cool. Well, it should be fun. Definitely, you know, everybody go out and see Whitechapel all summer long. This is kind of an endless tour uh, on, on Warp Tour. And then, uh, do you guys have any any plans after Warp Tour as far as the touring end goes? Um. Yeah. You know, we'll, we we got a couple of tours lined up. Um. We have another U.S. tour lined up for this fall. And uh, we're actually going to be going to Alaska this fall, too, so that's pretty cool. And we've never been up there before. And uh, and then we'll also be going back to the U.K. and Europe with Job for a Cowboy and Annotations of an Autopsy. So that should be another really awesome tour as well. And when uh, is the European tour? Uh, that'll be in November. Cool. Awesome. So lots to look forward to. So you guys have a new, brand new record just came out, doing extremely well, which we're all very happy about. So... Um, Let's go back to like the the beginning of kind of the writing process with this record. Obviously, you had a hugely successful debut record. When you start to to kind of work on the writing or think about the writing for the second record, is there a lot of pressure on you, or is it kind of a natural thing? I mean, obviously, you got to kind of got to follow up something. What was your thought process? Um, yeah, you know, it was definitely uh, a little nerve wracking because we hadn't put out a CD in close to two years. Um, you know, This Is Exile came out July of 2008, and the new CD came out June of 2010, so that's almost, you know, two years. And, uh, you know, we definitely don't want to be one of those bands that just, you know, puts out regurgitated crap every year just to put out CDs. You know, we want to we wanna make something, you know, big, and we want to make something epic for our fans for, uh, for every CD. So we really took our time with the writing process, which is why, you know, it, it took almost two years to get the CD out. And, um, you know, it was, uh, we, we really just made a, made a conscious effort to make the CD sound more professional as a whole, you know, with the writing and the production and everything. So, so were there any songs or riffs or anything that you had that, that came from the first album or even before the first album that you ended up using on the new record? Yeah, actually, quite a bit of it. Um, some some of of the stuff that's on a new era is is stuff that we couldn't fit into exile. So, um, and for this CD, there there was a lot of riffs and stuff left over as well. So for the next CD, we'll be using that stuff as well. So it's uh you know it's definitely just kind of like a little library of riffs and and ideas and stuff that we have stored away on our computers that we can just access and bring up and use whenever we need them. The art of technology is a wonderful thing. Definitely. <laughs> so, did you guys feel like as, as you're as you're in the process of writing it, you're getting closer to you know going in and record? Do you feel that there's a lot of pressure to follow up what you did, or is it more well, we want we like that record, but we're not really happy with it. We want to make something better. I think it's definitely more so the latter. Um, you know, with with Exile, we were definitely happy with the way it came out, with the material and the production and everything. But we're definitely the kind of band that strives to better ourselves in everything that we do. You know, with every tour, we try to look better and sound better, and with every CD, we try to write better music and have their production on the CD sounding better. Because if you just keep putting out the same CD every time, then people are going to realize that and just slowly stop buying your CDs and stop supporting the band because they're just going to be like, oh, well, why should I buy this new CD? It's just going to sound like the last one. So with this CD, we wanted to show everybody that, you know, we're not just going to put out a This Is Exile every time. You know, we wanted to show them that, yes, we do still sound like Whitechapel, but with this new material, it's, you know, going to sound unique in its own way. And uh, on the production end of things, you guys decided to use the uh, our crazy friend down in uh, Sanford, Florida, Mr. Jason Sukoff. So 
what was that process? Obviously, Jason's done you know a million a million metal bands, but why did you you pick him as opposed to anybody else? Uh, we just really loved the way that uh, you know his mix sound his mix sound. Um, you know, he's done a lot of other uh, bands. You know, even metal blade bands like Black Dahlia Murder. He did uh, Nocturnal and the newest CD Deflorate. And uh, he's done some other heavier bands like Barrier Dead and stuff like that. So, you know, our kind of thought process was like, well, we have heavy parts like Barrier Dead, but we also have more de- death metal and technical parts like Black Dahlia Murder. So if you kind of like mix those two, put those two mixes together, it would probably be like the perfect sound for us. So that was kind of our thought process going into it. And uh, I think it definitely worked. Um, you know, his, his mixes are definitely very heavy you know, and, uh, you know, really pounding, but at the same time, they, they're like very clear and, uh, you know, very audible. So, you know, we, we really like that a lot because we tune low, so we want it to sound heavy, but at the same time, we want it to sound clear so everybody can understand what's going on on the CD as well. Sure. And obviously you guys had to go down to Florida to, to record the record. How was that experience? Because the, the first one you did mostly at home, right? Uh, well, we, we traveled to New Hampshire to record with Johnny Fay. Oh, that's right. I forgot. Duh. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and then on you know this CD, we traveled to Florida. So um, spending time in Florida was definitely a lot better than spending time in New Hampshire. <laughs> especially, <laughs> no offense especially to New Hampshire. We the love winter. them, but the weather clearly is better in Florida the time of year you guys were there. Oh, definitely. Because, I mean, we, we were actually there around the same time. And... Um, you know, the same time of year as during the winter time. So while we were in New Hampshire, we were in snow up to our waist. And in Florida, we just had to deal with some humidity. So uh, it was definitely, you know, a, a better experience for us down that being down in Florida to record the record for sure. But you did get to experience the coldest winter in Florida ever on record. So that is that is true. We were uh, we were freaking out a little bit that we actually had to wear our jackets a couple of days. So. It might you know my, you might have brought it down from Tennessee. I don't know. I, I got, we got to blame somebody. <laughs> Bringing down the Mother North to uh, help with the tracking of the record. So um, so obviously you're you're happy with the way it came out, the sound, and everything else. Oh, definitely. I, I think uh, you know. It definitely he you know Sukov definitely captured the essence of you know, of Whitechapel. I really think that he he captured you know the aggressiveness and the heaviness and and all that good stuff you know uh, of our sound. So um, you know uh, I I definitely don't think anybody else could have uh, really captured the sound of that record better than he did. Cool, and obviously the the fan reaction so far has been really great too. So I think most everybody agrees uh, on that as well. I I certainly agree too. I'm pretty happy with it. Um, and then you know, <laughs> the artwork. So obviously you know we people that that don't know the the backstory, we kind of you know went down one road with the artwork, and we kind of ended up taking a little bit of a turn differently. So now that it's all kind of been said and done, and the end of this out, you know how what do you feel about how the art came out? Uh, it's amazing, you know. I, I feel like the uh, the art definitely represents the music really well. It was handled by Brent Elliott White, who also did Job for a Cowboy's Ruination. So, um, 
you know, Brent, Brent was awesome to work with. He was a really cool dude. And, and it was, it was cool because like, instead of just giving him a vague idea and he just whipped something together and was like, here it is. He was actually really interested in like the concept of the record and, and like, you know, he wanted lyrics and he wanted song titles and he wanted like the name of the CD and stuff like that. And so he kind of put all of those things in his head to kind of rack his brain to come up with uh, the cover art. And uh, and I think what he came up with represents the CD awesome. Cool. I, I like it a lot, too. And as you mentioned, there's a real heavy duty concept going on for this record. What You want to explain a little bit about that as well? Mm-hmm. Phil, you know, Phil can definitely explain it a little bit better than I can because he, uh, you know, writes the lyrics and, and stuff like that. But, um, you know, with this CD, uh, it, it, it wasn't really handled like Exile was. Exile was, you know, definitely like a straight concept record where there was like a story that kind of flowed through the CD and stuff like that. And and this CD is, is basically just kind of how, you know, the world and, and humanity has has been going, you know, down the drain these past, you know, this past decade, pretty much. And, um, you know, each, each, C, each CD kind of handles its own topic. And, uh, you know, there's, I feel like, um, you know, the music is, is a lot more personal to us this time around, especially for Phil, because there's a couple of CD, there's a couple of songs on the CD that deal with his personal life, like the death of his mother and stuff like that. So, um, you know, it definitely uh, put more of a personal connection to the CD for us. Yeah, sure. And I think, you know, as just anybody grows, you, know, you have more experience and stuff, you're going to have that sort of concept happen and more of that's going to get into into the lyrics. And, and just in terms of the writing process for you guys, are you, are, are, is it the kind of similar thing where you guys come up with the music and then Phil will write the lyrics and then he writes all the melodies or does it depend? How does that exactly work? Uh, yeah, the music definitely gets written first. Uh, it, it, it all starts with guitars. Me, Ben, and Zach, you know, sit down and hammer stuff out. You know, we'll work individually and then bring ideas to each other and and see which ones we want to use and you know what riffs we want to try to put together and stuff like that. And uh, and then you know Kevin will work with us on you know drum parts and stuff to put to the guitars. And then uh, you know once the songs are are all done and we have them demoed out and recorded then uh, Phil takes those songs and he'll sit down with them and he'll actually write his lyrics to the songs rather than pre-writing lyrics and just trying to force them into the music and uh, I think that's one thing that works the best for us because um, you know I think Phil is definitely one of the better uh, vocalists in the metal genre as far as his lyrical patterns and you know, his catchy lyrics go and stuff like that. I think it really helps that he writes his lyrics to the music, uh, you know, rather than just trying to force lyrics into it. I think it helps it flow a lot better with the music. Yeah, I agree. I think, I think he does a phenomenal job. I mean, you guys all do a great job. So, you know, one of the unique things about Whitechapel is that you have three guitar players. So what was the concept behind that and how did that f- actually happen to be? Um, well, in the beginning of the band, uh, it actually kind of happened on accident. Um, it, it was basically the simple case of there were three people interested in playing for the band and we were all friends. So it was kind of hard to tell, um, one of the other band or one of the other guys that they couldn't play. So, um, at first the band almost didn't start because I was really, uh, one of my past bands had three guitars in it and I really didn't like it. So I was really adamant about keeping the band at two guitars. And, uh, I was actually the, the one who had the drummer and then the the other dudes had the guitar players, so I was just basically like, "Well, if you don't do it to two guitar players, then me and my drummer are going to go elsewhere and start another band." 
And so there for a while, it almost didn't start. And then they were just like, please, at least, you know, at least give it a try, at least give it a shot. And I was just like, all right, whatever, we'll have some practices, we'll jam, we'll see how it goes. And we tried it out, and it actually ended up not being that bad. And uh, so we were into it, so we started the band. And then obviously, as the career of the band progressed, and as we played together more, you know, we realized how to actually hone our skills of having three guitar players, and we, you know, learned how to apply that to the music. Yeah, I mean, now that you've been doing it for a while, obviously it's it's working. But how do you like when you're going into the studio? You know, the normal part of you know metal is you've got you know two guitar players and you know either one guy's doing all the parts on the record, and there's just two pieces and you know one in each speaker. But you've got that extra added dimension of the third guitar player. Like, how do you like how do you differentiate what you do on record and how it sounds, and then also the live experience as well. Mm-hmm. On record, actually, uh, we, we record like um, normally a band with two guitar players would. And um, like, you know, there's a guitar on the left and then there's a guitar on the right. But then when there's uh, and that's that's when uh, the guitars are playing the same riff. But then like if if there's an actual third guitar part, then we'll put it in the center like we would live. Like our live mix is panned left, right, and then Ben in the center so that when he does his leads, they'll actually be like in the center of the music and they'll cut through. So um, we, we feel it's better this way because if uh, on record, if you have three guitar parts going at this, at the same time, the entire time, it, it just really like muddies up the mix because there's there's certain elements of the music and certain dynamics that need to that need to fit within the center of the mix. And uh, if there's a guitar there blaring, then it's obviously going to muddy up the mix. And um, so, yeah, you know, that's just the way that we've been uh, handling our, our, our uh, the way that we record our music. And uh, I think it definitely comes out great. Do you use all three sounds within a song or is or do you kind of keep it to just the, the normal one or two? Um, yeah, I mean, you know, we, we try to uh, like you know, say there's like, you know, a really heavy chugging part or something like, you know, left and right guitar will be doing the chugging and then the center guitar would be like doing like a lead or, or you know, some kind of eerie, uh, you know, effect or something like that. Now, you guys, you know, come from the South, obviously. So growing up, like what were, you know, how did you get into the music and like what are your, your biggest influences? How did you guys, because, you know, you kind of have a really unique style of playing. Uh, I'm always curious to, you know, how, how people kind of find out about stuff and where did you guys all start, especially how did you get into the scene? Mm-hmm. Hey, you know, it's, it's kind of weird. Like, you know, we all come from the same place and we all, um, you know, like different music and we like different bands, but at the same time, for like for us getting together and not really knowing each other, we had a lot of um, you know common similarities in like the, the the styles of bands that we liked and stuff. And uh, you know, for me personally, I started out as like a skate punk kid. Like I started out in my teenage years listening to like <laughs> Blink One Eighty Two and Pennywise and No Effects and stuff like that. And then eventually, I developed. Uh, you know, into getting into heavier stuff like Slipknot and Corn and Deftones and stuff. And then uh, eventually in high school, I started getting into uh, getting into more death metal stuff like Cannibal Corpse and Suffocation, Dying Fetus, you know, stuff like that. And uh, Phil Phil's kind of on the opposite end of the spectrum. He actually like, grew up listening to death metal. His uh, um, his uh, older brother, uh, you know, got him into death metal and stuff like that. So. Um, 
you know, we, we all kind of learned about metal in our own different way, I guess, so to speak. And then how, you know, coming from a place that doesn't really have a big scene, you know, how did you guys go about, you know, becoming a band and playing shows and getting your name out there? And, you know, as I think a lot of bands always ask, like, how do I do this? Especially if you're coming from an area that's not really thought of as like, oh, well, this is a big spot where there's a great scene happening. Yeah, um, you know, it was definitely, you know, we've always been a really hardworking band, you know, with a DIY attitude. But at the same time, I will say that a lot of it probably, you know, was luck. I mean, to be honest, like, um, you know, you don't really hear of too many bands coming out of Knoxville, Tennessee. And, you know, now we're, you know, this touring, you know, career type band with, you know, two albums on the Billboard 200 charts now. You know, it's it's just kind of weird that a band from Knoxville, Tennessee could do that all within four years of being together. And, um, you know, it was it was really just us kind of going through the motions. Like, um, you know, we, we all used to be in local bands and, and stuff like that. And then when we got together and we made this band, um, we weren't really like, you know, well, let's, you know, let's tour and let's, let's make this band our job and blah, blah, blah. It just all kind of happened. Like we started playing local shows and then we played more and more local shows and we started getting a lot of local attention because there's no, there were no bands in Knoxville that were as heavy as us. So everybody was just kind of freaking out about like, you know, how heavy we were because nobody had ever heard anything like us. And, uh, you know, the more local shows we played and that we were able to uh, build up our finances and then we were able to use those finances to go play out of state. And we would just play like little weekend warrior gigs, you know, like, you know, two or three shows over the weekend, you know, within different states and stuff like that. And, you know, before we knew it, um, we we had uh, got asked, you know, to we had got asked by a couple of different labels, you know, to sign and stuff like that. So it was really just kind of. Um, you know, it was definitely kind of a rush. You know, it was definitely something that we weren't expecting to uh, gain so quickly. Yeah, I guess that's always the the thing. You know, when you try too hard to get something, you don't get it. And if you just go like, well, you know, we'll just see what happens. That's when it kind of comes to you. Yeah, exactly. It was it was definitely really weird for us because, like I said, you know, when we started the band, we weren't like, all right, we're going to get signed, we're going to tour, we're going to do this. It just kind of all happened. And, uh, you know, we're definitely very grateful for all the people who have supported us thus far to be able to make our dream come true. Yeah, and it's, I mean, that the most important thing, it's always got to be about the music first. And if you really love the music, everything else kind of comes after that. That's, you know, your guys, I think, are a, another perfect example of that. Yeah, for sure. Cool. Well, thanks so much for hanging out uh, with our little podcast here. Uh, congratulations on the new record and all the success so far and the big summer touring and the big winter touring in Europe. It sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun. So thanks again. Anything you say to the fans before we get out of here? Uh, if you've picked up the new record so far, thank you so much. You have no idea how much it means to us. It, you know, in, in this day and age, it's, it's really hard for bands, and uh, anything that you can do really helps. And if you haven't picked it up yet, A New Era of Corruption is in stores now, so uh, go pick it up. Uh, if, if you liked our past releases, I can definitely say you'll love this new one. Uh, good band. And uh, go see them on, on the road all summer long and uh, all winter long and all for the next years on end, most likely. And to definitely go up and say hi. They're great guys. And uh, that's another big part is, you know, you always want to hang with the fans and they're very easily accessible. They're always around. So if you go see them, you like them, go say hi afterwards. They're good dudes. For sure. We'll be doing signings and stuff all, all uh, summer long on work and stuff. So come say hey, hang out, you know, get some stuff signed and uh, we'll have a good time. 
Awesome. Thanks again, man, and uh, good luck with everything. All right. Thank you.